hi friend, pull up a chair, grab a blanket if you want to, get comfortable on the couch. Or if you are not my people, put ear pods in and go for a run. <laughs> Let's talk. Welcome to All Things Well, a podcast that blends science and spirituality to promote the amazing capability and design of God's marvelous creation, the human body. We see rates of depression and anxiety and suicide and loneliness going up among young people. Get ready to explore the latest breakthroughs in health sciences. Thank you to our doctors, nurses, and hospital staff who are working so hard and putting themselves at risk to keep us safe. Intertwined with the power of faith. It's drastically changed my life. This isn't just a podcast. It's your ticket to a more joyful, healthier you. Ready to dive in? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Here's your host, Tiffany L. Bingham. If we've never met, my name is Tiffany Bingham, but my friends call me Tiff. I'm a science nerd who loves Jesus. I'd love for you to follow along with me I'm having unfiltered conversations about life, spirituality, and the human body. Together with friends and experts, I will unpack and simplify mental health from a faith-based perspective. I'll share tips for breaking harmful thought patterns, facing emotional challenges with wisdom, and help you discover what brings out the best of you. I'm currently studying to enter medical school, and the more I study the human body, the more I fall in love with its creator. Mark 7.37 says, He hath done all things well. So let's get into it. My favorite organ of the body is the brain. I could talk for hours about its abilities and functionality. Every conversation I'm a part of, I think to myself, oh, that's because the brain does this or because the brain doesn't do that. Every time I hear somebody talking about an ailment or an illness, I think to myself, yep, and the brain's role in that is this or the brain's role in that is that. (laughs) I am in love with studying the brain. I could talk about it for hours. Trust me, my family knows. But the brain is a negative organ. It was created to look for danger. That's its sole purpose. The brain has one goal and one goal alone. That is to keep the body alive. We often think that's the job of the heart, right? Because it pumps blood. But that's not the heart's job. The heart's job is to pump blood so that the the body is refueled and cleansed and the organs function properly. But the brain, keeping the body alive is the brain's job. And the best way for it to do that is for it to be hyper aware of danger. It's great that our brains are constantly watching out for us, but This hyper-awareness can be taxing on our emotions, our psyche, our mental health, and that's the part that gets confusing. Our brain is performing its job exactly as God created it to do, 
But sometimes the brain's hyper-focus on the negative and on potential danger results in anxiety or feelings of depression. And that's when it gets confusing. Okay, so let me give you an example. As Christians, when we feel, you know, a blue day or we feel um, what we might call depression, when we feel anxious, we feel anxiety, our first response is usually to pray those feelings away, which is the correct response, of course, as a Christian. But those feelings exist because the brain's doing the job God created it to do in the first place. So you see the cycle. <laughs> Taking medication, which FYI, I am not opposed to. I believe in mental health medication. I believe in medication for the physical health of the brain. Um, and that is, shoo, that's a podcast. That's like 18 or 20 podcasts for another time. But even though it's absolutely necessary at times for specific diagnoses, changing the brain's chemical makeup because we're experiencing a temporary distress is something entirely different. There's no shame in mental illness. There's no shame in depression or anxiety or ADHD or OCD, or we don't call it this anymore, but for simplicity's sake, or bipolar disorder. The problem is when we take those things, we embrace them, we hold them by the hand, and we invite them in to stay. When we make room for depression in our lives, when we rearrange our relationships so that depression is more comfortable. When we displace the lasting things in our lives, our ministries, our relationship with others, our activities, our healthy activities. When we displace those things to make room for depression that was only ever supposed to be temporary. We sweep everything that's good, everything that's familiar and comfortable and right to the side. We shove it out of the way, push it into a corner so that we can erect this giant monument to a temporary condition. And then that monument that we have worked so hard and displaced everything in life so that it has room becomes a mental illness idol. It casts a shadow large enough that it clouds our entire life. That's when we become unhealthy, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Now, remember, the brain is always on the lookout for danger, right? But the brain doesn't create thought. I know, I know. It sounds crazy, right? <laughs> because we talk about thinking with our brains and... It, in an abstract way, that's true. And I'm probably going to say this 15 more times, but that's definitely a topic for another episode because it's a lot to try to unpack right now. But the brain on its own does not create our thoughts. The brain is simply, the organ is simply a storage unit 
for all of the input that we give it. So it makes sense that the best way to fight our brain's natural instinct to look for danger is to feed it factual information, not emotion-driven assumptions. We feed our brain facts because it won't fight what it doesn't know. So in a choice between information and emotion, the brain is going to choose information every time. That's why we often have a hard time making choices. You know, we talk about the heart wanting one thing and the brain wanting something else. The emotions want one thing, but the brain is always going to fight for what it knows, what it thinks or believes as fact. Facts win over feelings every single time with the brain. But we have to remember what the brain considers a fact is nothing more than the information and the input that we have given it. So it doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that the the brain is some all-knowing truth seeker, truth finder. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. But the stories that we tell ourselves, the, the input that we give our brain, we're telling it every single time, this is a truth. This is a truth. And that's what the brain believes. And that's when we respond, that's where that response comes from. It pulls from that information. So turning to the Bible in the New Testament, Satan tempted Jesus. And when he did, He attacked him from his emotion. Now, Jesus was 100% man, 100% God, right? And when Satan tempted him, he tempted him in his feelings. Jesus had been fasting. And as God, he probably could have turned off that human side, the, the hunger pains and the emotions, because Lord knows we get heightened emotions when we're hungry. Shoo! But Jesus had been fasting and was hungry. So Satan says to him, look, if you're the son of God, then turn this stone to bread. And then he tries to tempt him or lean into what we might call today political power you know, his, his leadership, his, his recognition. There were people that immediately followed Jesus. Um, some of them witnessed miracles and followed him. Some of them just had a conversation or were told by someone else and they followed along. But there were more people that didn't follow. They didn't believe he was the Messiah. So he was accustomed to having this this life-changing, life-saving message and having people ignore him because they didn't believe in what he was, in who he was. So Satan used that or tried to use that to his advantage. He took Jesus to the top of a mountain and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and trying to tempt him with power and fame, I guess you could say, recognition, He tells him, I'll give you all the power, all the glory, if you'll just worship me. Then Satan wants Jesus to prove himself. 
he takes him to the temple at Jerusalem. And he says, you know what? If you really are the son of God, then jump. Jump from the pinnacle of the temple and the angels will catch you. With every challenge, Satan was attacking Jesus through emotion. But Jesus' response every time, this man who was 100% God, but he was also 100% man, not one time did he respond with emotion. Jesus fought emotion. Jesus, in his humanity, fought his human emotions with fact. Every response was, it is written. It is said. He quoted scripture back to Satan in each of the three instances. Satan says, are you feeling hungry? It is written. But people are questioning your ability. It is written. What about your authority? It is written. What brokenness could we heal if we responded to our emotions with facts? Now, I'm not suggesting our feelings are wrong or bad or should be ignored. I am a proponent of the exact opposite. I've studied the brain literally for years at this point. It's my future. It's, it's, I know this is, this is what I'm doing. I know this. And I am a huge supporter of our emotions are given to us. They're, they're given to us. The ability to have emotions is given to us by God. That's a God ordained gift. But we weren't created to live by emotion. Our brains were designed to protect our bodies based on the facts that we feed it, right? So it matters what we allow ourselves to think. It matters that we don't dwell on the feeling. I'm not suggesting we ignore the feeling. I'm saying if the feeling is one that's negative or it's causing us to respond to a situation negatively, it's our job to fight that emotion with fact. And as I said before, there are instances where you can fight with facts and prayer all day long, and there's still a physical reason behind what you're feeling. So this isn't the only answer in every situation. However, the brain is such a powerful organ, and it's impossible to change the brain by just telling ourselves, oh, I'm not going to think about that. It's impossible to change our thoughts by telling ourselves, I'm not going to do something. I'm not going to eat unhealthy. I'm going to lose weight. Well, that's great because if that and that alone worked, then we'd lose 50 pounds in a month and we would all look fabulous but it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. <laughs> if you've figured out how to do it, then please send me a message. I will have you on this podcast tomorrow. But the brain doesn't work that way. It doesn't work in the negative. Because like I said, we have to feed it facts. We have to feed it evidence that it can save, that it can input for later. So if you tell your brain, 
I am not going to think about pink giraffes in Japan. That's great. But what does the brain do instantly? It instantly conjures up a picture of an animal that doesn't exist on a continent that you've probably never visited because it can't function in the negative. Instead, the next time you feel that little black cloud looming, that depression starts darkening the sky, try telling yourself stories of light, whatever that is. If that's scripture, then then put scripture in memory. Put it to memory. If you feel heavy and weighed down, speak out words of life and hope and speak them out. There's power in vocalizing things. It solidifies it as a fact. It solidifies it as information in our brain in a different way than simply reading something with our eyes. So if you can vocalize it, vocalize it. Hide in the corner. If you're in a work situation, cover your mouth, pretend to cough, and quote a scripture. (laughs) I'm not suggesting you be the weirdo in the room that's constantly talking to yourself. When you feel heavy and weighed down, tell yourself stories of light. If you feel depressed, turn on your favorite worship song. And if you're in a place where you can, sing along. There's something powerful that happens in the brain when we, we perform these things, when we exercise our brains in these, these ways. We may be imperfect beings, but we aren't weak. You aren't weak. You don't have to be swayed by every emotion. You're stronger than you realize. And God created within each of us a three-pound organ, which has the ability to put life in order simply by hearing his truth. You have the ability and the authority to change your life. It's up to you. You can do this and you're never alone. Thank you for listening to All Things Well. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I love the show. I never miss an episode. It's the best. For more information and updates, follow Tiffany on Instagram at Tiffany Bingham or on Facebook at Tiffany L. Bingham. And remember, you are not alone.